Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. 97.3 The Fan is proud to bring you high school football coverage. We'll take an in-depth look at what's going on around high school football in the San Diego section with the coach, John Cantera. This is absolutely fantastic that we're getting the high school football back on the air because high school football in San Diego is big time. And Braden Surprenant. Elian Noah to the near side, cuts it to 35-40, runs right up the hash mark, he goes to the far side, breaks the tackle to 40, 35-30, 25-20, one man to beat, 15-10, 5, reaches the end zone, touchdown Helix. From player and coach interviews to game picks and breakdowns of the best matchups of the week, we've got you covered on the High School Football Show on 97.3 The Fan. And welcome to hour number two, Coach John Kinter, along with Braden Serpenter. We're going to 11 o'clock. Our high school football show is sponsored by the Eric Brady Save a Life Foundation. Did you know that sudden cardiac arrest is the number one killer of student athletes? You can register to screen your teen on October 6th at epsavealife.org slash the fan. We got on a little bit late tonight. Uh, we uh, In the first uh, half hour of the program, we got on at 930. We had Sean Doyle, the head football coach, the Cathedral Catholic, Robbie Owens from Helix High. And now we've got uh, three gentlemen in our 97.3 uh, The Fan uh, Studios. The head coach of uh, Scripps Ranch, Marlon Gardnera, in his uh, third year. Got the Falcons off to a 3-0 start. Got his uh, son, who's a junior uh, running back, uh, linebacker, Nicholas Gardnera. And their uh, junior quarterback, Luke Durkin, join me on 97.3 The Fan. Marlon, I'll start with you. First of all, thanks for bringing the guys by tonight. And, uh, off to a great start. We are. Thanks for having us. Uh, and uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, your two players. Let's start with your son down there. Uh, the young uh, junior plays on both sides of the ball. Uh, pretty good-looking young man. I didn't realize uh, how beautiful your wife was. <laughs> <laughs> he definitely takes after his mother. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about him. What, what's he bring to the table? Uh, you know, he's my son, so you, you have that bias. Uh, but when I watch film, uh, great vision, great cuts. A uh, quick burst of speed, uh, a chip off the old block. That's uh, good. But but a talented, dedicated, dedicated young man. And tell me a little bit about your junior quarterback. He's putting together a pretty good career there at Scripps Ranch, isn't he? It, it, it's not bad. He's a leader. There's really no other way to say it. Uh, it takes 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 charge. He, he knows what he's doing, what he wants, what he's looking for, and he brings the rest of the kids along with him. Uh, Nicholas uh, Gardner, let's start with you a little bit. Let, let's talk about what's it like playing for your dad. I mean, I know you grew up, you know, playing flag football and probably, you know, youth league football. Now you're in high school. You're a junior. Uh, what's it like playing for dad? It's great. I really don't know anything different. I've been playing with them since I've been four years old, and it's it's great having your dad be there in the field and having like those two different relationships, having your dad there, and but he can also be there and be your coach. What are the car rides uh, like at home after practice? Not necessarily after a game. You're probably going out with the guys and getting something to eat and hanging out like you know I did uh, you know, many years ago after a high school football game. But what's it like coming home uh, if you guys are driving home in the car? Do you guys talk about practice, how it went that day, or do you guys just kind of talk about other things? 
Uh, we definitely balance it pretty well. It's one of my favorite things. Uh, we have definitely two different relationships. He's my dad at home, and he's my coach on the field. Now, Luke, uh, I'm going to go over to you, Luke Durkin. Uh, your dad, I, I don't know your dad, but I know his reputation because he's a tremendous strength and conditioning coach, works with a lot of professional athletes in all sports around San Diego, and guys come from other parts of the country to come and, and sit in San Diego for six weeks, and, and your dad takes them through workouts. But your dad also coaches, too. Uh, on the He runs the strength and conditioning program, but he coaches the quarterback, and you're a quarterback. What's it like having dad uh, out there each and uh, every afternoon? Yes, it's definitely fun having him out. It's definitely fun having him out there, and it's kind of the same thing. We balance it pretty well. At home, we talk about football all the time, but we also have a good relationship just being like him just being my dad and not just my coach, too. Does he put you through some pretty hard physical workouts? Definitely. I wouldn't say they're more physically hard, but I have all my shoulder routine stuff and specific quarterback drills that I usually do, and it's definitely unique. Marlon, I want to go over to you because I mentioned you've been coaching there for three years, but you've been coaching for a long time. And for fans out there, uh, Marlon was a really good athlete here in San Diego. He played at Mission Bay High, played for Dennis Pugh, played uh, for Mike Sanchez, uh, baseball at Mace College, went to Oklahoma State. And I mean, you had a great athletic career, and athletics obviously has played a big part in your life. But why did you want to be a high school football coach? Well, I didn't, actually. My son was going to Saints. I uh, hope Sean Doyle heard that. <laughs> my my son was going to be a Saintsman. I know uh, at the time Sanchez was still there, and they had a great program, and I know what sports did for me growing up. Uh, I actually applied for the freshman job at Scripps Ranch High School. I had a Pop Warner team that we brought up from Flag. By the time they got to the ninth grade, I thought, hey, I'll get in there, help transition some kids from Pop Warner to the high school, and we'll see where it goes. But, but one thing I knew when I sat down for that interview, I wanted a program. I wanted it to be complete. Uh, first thing that came to mind, school first. And, and that's what we call our policy, school first. When I got there, the team GPA was 297. It's 359 right now, and our target is 36. A lot of D3 schools will start handing out academic money when you get to 36. So I expect the entire team to be there. That was the foundation of knowing I wanted a football program there. And then the other part, listen, X's and O's, if you can match them up to the talent that you have on the field and you get a quality staff that can deliver the messages and teach these kids up uh, and get them ready to play football, I, I, I knew I could put a program together. Uh, not so much wanting to be a head coach, but wanting to be a leader of young guys, turning them into men. Okay, well, I want to stay with you. I'm going to get back to the guys here in a minute. We're visiting with Marlon Gardner, the head football coach at Scripps Ranch, his son, who's a junior running back linebacker, uh, Nicholas uh, Gardner, and they're a quarterback, Luke Durkin, who's a junior as well. Marlon, I want to ask you a little bit about you had no experience coaching high school football. No. You'd coached flag football. You'd coached uh, Pop Warner football. All of a sudden, you become the varsity head football coach at a, a very nice school here in San Diego at Scripps Ranch. What were the first things you tried to put in place? Uh, again, school first. Uh, a lot of kids go to a lot of different schools for football. If you're coming to Scripps Ranch, you're coming for a college prep education. When you leave Scripps Ranch, you're going to be ready to go to college. Uh, so I don't know what I was thinking to begin with. The, the, <laughs> the time commitment is crazy, uh, but I knew it would be worth it. I had been the coach for a good number of the kids going into the program. So what I thought was, let's keep it going, but let's add layers to it. Uh, they're becoming young men. They're going to have decisions to make. They're going to uh, have some bad choices they could also make. So I think it transitioned a little bit to making sure they understood uh, football is temporary. You're always one play away from being done with football. So really the goal was use football 
leverage football and get the best out of these kids. Okay, what have you done to put in place to where these kids can do better academically? And obviously you pointed about the, the improved by a great deal, the great point average. What have you done to put in place to, to where these kids uh, have the opportunity to continue to grow as student-athletes? First thing, right off the bat, uh, CIF standard is a 2.0, mine is a 3.0. If you have a C, you don't have to go to practice. You don't need to practice football. You need to practice school. So if you have a C, you literally are escorted off the field. We have no time nor room. Uh, and then the second thing you have to do if you're going to have that policy is you have to have study hall. So our boys go to our library after school. We've got peer tutors there. We've got teachers available there. Uh, we make it crystal clear. Number one, the standard's higher. Number two, in order for you to meet it, we're going to give you every resource possible to make sure when you leave Scripps Ranch, you're ready for college with or without football. Okay, Nicholas, I'm going to go back down to you. Here's your dad talking about academics, what it's like for you at home. Uh, is that the first thing you do after you eat a little dinner is hit the books? Definitely. He's very tough on me academically, but I'm grateful for it. Um, I know grades are very important in getting, the ne- in getting to the next level, and I'm glad he's on me about my grades. What's your favorite subject in school? I've always loved history, especially U.S. history. just love learning the history of our country. Oh, that's good stuff. Uh, Luke, how about you academically? Uh, you're a pretty good student, huh? Yes, academics are definitely taken serious with me and my family and also our program, like Coach Gardner talked about. And I'd say my favorite subject is probably English. Me and Nick are in the same AP Lang class, and I think we both enjoy that, even though it's challenging. What? Uh, that's your favorite class, English, you think? That's definitely my hardest class, but I think overall English is my favorite subject. And let me ask you, Nicholas, uh, you know, I've been on the campus of Scripps Ranch like during baseball season. I've gone out there and watched baseball. What's it like going to school there? Because uh, it seems like to me everyone pretty much knows one another. I mean, it seems like everybody uh, kind of in that neighborhood is kind of going to Scripps Ranch. Definitely. Uh, all the kids at Scripps Ranch I've grown up with my whole life, and you really do know your whole class and you're friends with everybody in your class. Hey, let me ask you this, Luke. Uh, you guys are off to a 3-0 and start. you got the big rivalry game tomorrow night. I know you guys are all fired up about that, and I would imagine you've had a tremendous week of practice. But what's it been like, 3-0, and walking around being the quarterback of the team on campus? It's definitely cool. I mean, I was kind of used to it, used to it because I got a little bit of a little bit of it last year. But I feel like you always feel like a big man on campus when you're a football player, not just being the quarterback. But it's good because you have an extra weight on your shoulders that you got to carry around. And you play a little lacrosse too, huh? Yes, I you do. You play club lacrosse along with high school lacrosse. I do. I play club in the summer. How how tough is that? And uh, uh, I know Nicholas, you played baseball uh, once upon a time. Uh, you kind of retired from that to, to focus on football. But how tough is it to balance? You know, playing a club sport, playing uh, that same sport in high school, yet playing uh, high school football. It's definitely tough because I think during the summer I start to get in football mode, but I also have to go to like tournaments and showcases for lacrosse. So I have to balance it and I'll have to miss certain lacrosse practices to do seven on seven football. But overall, it's good. And I know like being a multiple sport athlete is better than just one. Marlon, I want to go back to you, uh, and I, I like to ask the high school coaches this question because it, it is something that we have to be concerned about. You know, you got to recruit your athletes on campus. You know, you see a big, tall kid that, you know, is over there eating his sandwich, and you know he's not playing a sport, and you go over, you try to get to know him and try to, you know, get bodies out and get more and more kids involved because football is different. Than, and you, you played at a high level of baseball at Oklahoma State. You played, you know, with one of the top uh, baseball teams in the nation when you are in high school or in, in college, and, um, you know, football's different. 
the values that you get out of football are different than you do for me playing college basketball or college baseball. The, the things that I learned in high school football or just have carried me through my life in, in, in difficult situations. How about for you? Uh, do you go out and recruit players on campus? And, and what are your numbers right now? Because some moms and dads really don't want their kids playing football right now. You know, that's uh, listen, I, I love Scripps Ranch. We, we moved from Tierra Santa to Scripps Ranch because of the schools, because of the community. And it is an absolute amazing community. Uh, the support we get is phenomenal. The activities, just the atmosphere, the vibe is, is it's really amazing. Um, but uh, these kids don't need football to go to college. For the most part, these kids are going to do the right thing. They're going to go to school. Like I said, you're going to get a college prep-like education, and they're going to college anyway. So that kid that's hungry to get to college and he looks at football as his only path to get there, we don't come across a lot of that. So it is a little work uh, to convince parents that the risks associated with football are worth it, but I do my best to make sure they understand. Unless the kids go into the military or they become fitness buffs, they're never going to work this hard again. (laughs) Commitment, dedication, dealing with adversity, team competition. There are just so many critical, critical life lessons that you learn through football. Uh, And not to say that you can't learn them in other sports, but like you said, all 11 guys have to do the right thing at the same time to have success. Uh, And the the amount of practice and and just the rigor of the practice, it's all about getting those characteristics out of the boys. So it's it can be an uphill battle, but I think what people have seen, because not only are we building a program, but a culture where the parents understand, yeah, there are some risks associated with football, but they're worth it. Uh, It sounds silly, but on Mondays, I typically tell the kids when you get home, vacuum. And I mean it when I say it. Vacuum. Why? Well, if you've got this many hours available to you for football, you ought to be able to help your family out too. They ought to know that you're responsible and that you're learning something and that you're capable of doing more than they probably thought you could. Uh So... Really, we are trying to use football to leverage as much as we can out of these kids, and that's about the only offset to get these kids in, and pluck them out of classrooms and say, hey, listen, uh, you're a big guy. We got a new kid just this uh, last week, Dragos from uh-huh. Romania. Uh-huh. You know, you see a big kid walking on campus, you got to talk to him. Oh, absolutely. How how are you doing with numbers with the varsity and, and the lower levels? So uh, I'll give a quick plug to Scripps Ranch Pop Warner. Uh, the, the gang over there is doing a great job. We're still fortunate enough to have three levels of football. Uh, I think our numbers are in the low 90s. While there's a little bit of attrition, uh, we're still getting the kids out. Oh, uh, that's good stuff. Uh, I'm going to get to the boys one last question. Uh, Nicholas, uh, you're only a junior. Uh, if you had a crystal ball, what would you like to do when you graduate from Scripps? Uh, I just want to use football to get me somewhere where I might not be able to go academically. Um, so just looking at even like Ivy League schools and try and go somewhere where you can finish your your four years there and just have a lot of options after college. So I just want to be able to use football to get me into a school where I can have a lot of opportunities after college. Uh, well said. Uh, Luke, uh, wh- where would you like to be after you graduate as a Falcon? I would say definitely the same thing. I want to play collegiate football at some level, and I just want to use it, use football as a tool to get me into a school that's better than what I could just without a sport. Well, Marlon, thanks for bringing the boys in, and uh, good luck tomorrow night.
Thank you. Thank you for having Should us. Should be a heck of a game again. Uh, tomorrow night, Scripps Ranch going on the road. A rivalry game against uh, Mira Mesa, Chris Thompson's uh, Marauders. And uh, again, uh, Scripps Ranch off to a nice 3-0 star. We've been uh, joined by the head coach of Scripps Ranch, Marlon Gardnera, his son Nicholas, and uh, their quarterback, Luke Durkin. We'll take a quick timeout. A lot more to come. We're going to the top of the hour. This is the high school football show on 97.3 The Fa- Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. And Marlon Gardnera, head coach, Scripps Ranch High School. You're listening to the High School Football Show on 97.3 The Fan. And yeah, welcome back, Coach John Couture, Braden Soprano. We're going to the top of the hour right now. Uh, we're going to get out to our uh, game reports. And thanks again to Marlon Gardnera, the head coach of Scripps Ranch, his son, Nicholas Gardnera, and their uh, young uh, junior quarterback, Luke Durkin, for stopping by tonight. Uh, boy, we get a lot done here in a short period of time. And now we're going to get out to our uh, game uh, reports and take a look at uh, tomorrow night. Going to be another big night of Friday night here in America's finest city. We're going to get to our North County report. We bring on Drew Cowell. Uh, Drew, welcome to the program, and uh, good to have you with us last Friday night out there at that San Marcos Oceanside game. Hey, Coach, great being there. I loved it. Great. Well, uh, we got some good ball games tomorrow night. Let's start off with uh, Mission Hills 2-1 and one, going to Carlsbad to uh, take on the 2-1 and one Carlsbad Lancers. are coming off a loss last week. Uh, this ought to be a heck of a ball game, the Avocado League opener for both teams. Yes, this is a heater game with Carlsbad coming in at number three and Mission Hills coming in at number five, according to Max Preps in San Diego. It's interesting that both of these teams, they haven't played any teams from San Diego so far this year, so it'll be interesting to see how they'll match up. I like um, Jackson Kinsey for Mission Hills and Whiteout Joe Smith. They lead the offense while their defense is very solid with Junior Sales' nephew, Shiloh, and two of the top DBs in the county, Jason Boyle and Elijah Lloyd. Nice. Uh, let's uh, go to the Poway, uh, going to Wilson Stadium on the campus of Escondido High School. Both teams coming in tomorrow night at 2-1. and one. Yeah, this is a game of conflicting styles. Escondido will rely on their passing game behind Robbie Romas, and uh, this will be Escondido's most competitive game as Poway being one of the best ranked teams in division one in division two come in with record two and one over wins Olympian and Ramona and we'll look to run the ball behind Josh Butler and control time of possession Ramona 0-3. They got a young football team, but Damon Baldwin, their head coach, thinks they're going to be pretty good. Uh, you know, after the first uh, five or six games and make a push for the playoffs, they're going to Mount Carmel to take on the one and two Sun Devils. Yeah, this is an unfamiliar position for Coach Baldwin, and they'll take their team down to play Mount Carmel. Uh, Mount Carmel had an impressive win at home versus Valley Center, and we'll try to keep that home magic going versus Ramona. 
They'll use their versatile quarterback, Carson Tameopoa, to attack Ramona's defense. Both teams have struggled defensively, Ramona giving up 33 points a game and Mount Carmel giving up 27. And finally, uh, we got Vista coming down to the city to take on the Morse Tigers. Vista sitting at 2-1, and one, Morse 2-1. And, and this is a, a battle. This, these two programs have played one another for many, many, many years. There have been some uh, great battles over the years, and this one tomorrow night ought to be a pretty good one. Yeah, look for the run game to dominate this one with Vista coming out with their dual rushing attack with Desmond Tua who had 129 yards and a touchdown last week, and David Flores, who has 480, 408 rushing yards and five touchdowns on the season. While uh, Morris still looked to run it with senior Michael Cunningham, who is a stud. He carries the load for the Tigers team and did so last week with 28 carries and 178 yards with five TDs in the first week versus Patrick Henry. Yeah, that should be a good one. Drew, uh, thank you so much and look forward to seeing you soon, buddy. Thank you so much. There you go, Drew Cole uh, joining us with our uh, North County report. Now we're going to head out to the East County. Our man from EC Preps, Adam Paul. Adam, welcome. How are you tonight? I'm doing great, Coach. How are you? Uh, Doing very well. And, boy, we got a good one tomorrow night in the East County. Actually, it's going to be played uh, in the South Bay. But you got Valhalla off to a nice 2-0 start right now, going on to take on the uh, Hilltop squad. Drew Wesling got his team at 3-0. And and this is going to be, I think, a really exciting ball game. I think so, too. Um, I'd be interested. I know talking to – uh, excuse me, some of the other people online and everything. I mean, a lot of people are excited to see how good, see if Hilltop can match up with the strong uh, running game of Keegan Baker from Valhalla. Um, you know, <clears throat> Hilltop can, uh, you know, can obviously throw the ball around and put up a lot of points. Uh, Valhalla with the with the power run game, you know, they're going to have to throw the ball a little bit to um, to stifle the eight man in the box. Um, that teams obviously are going to try and stop Keegan uh, Baker, but um, I think there's going to be a lot of a lot of points scored in that game. Uh, that's going to be a good one, I think. How about uh, we got uh, Christian taking on Monta Vista? Both teams coming in at one and two. Yeah, you know this uh, in the beginning of the season, um, team, you know Christian looked like they were going to continue their season from last year, getting uh, Gabe Krug the transfer from Saints to continue that really great passing game. Um, whereas Monta Vista, you know, they lose, you know, Jamon McClendon, the, probably the best back in the county last year. Um, Monta Vista coming off the loss to Patrick Henry, 39-36, and Christian um, getting manhandled by uh, Sal Dotna out of Alaska, 42-7. to uh, You know, it would be interesting to see what happens here. Um, Isaiah Gardner for Monta Vista, um, will definitely, I believe, get his yards uh, for the Monarchs. And uh, if Gabe Crew can get the passing game going for Christian, I think it will be another um, barn burner like it was last year when Christian won in double overtime. Um, you know, of course, one other thing to, one, one other, um, thing to note for this game is that um, if the Monarchs win, Coach uh, Ron Hamamoto, he, um, with that, with the win, will tie former Morse coach 
uh, John Shacklett for fourth all-time in San Diego section history with uh, 229 victories. Well, that's a great note. Uh, we'll watch for that tomorrow night. Let's go. Uh, how about Westview? One and two going down to take on the Granite Hills Eagles who check in at two and one. You know, another um, interesting game. Uh, you know, Granite played Madison real tough in that 39-29 loss. Um, the two interceptions the, that, you know, put them behind 14 nothing obviously was pretty much the big difference there. Uh, if, West, you know, Westview is led by junior quarterback um, Aiden Ford, uh, defensively, you know, Matt Ricci is going to, you know, score a touchdown against Oceanside on a fumble recovery after, after a forced fumble um, in that game. They're going to have to stop the high-flying offense of um, Grant Hills um, excuse me, and uh, Justice McComb and uh, James Johnson, who had a big game last week with six catches, 94 yards, and two touchdowns. Defensively, I think Granite, um, again, will show will come up big, especially being at home um, with uh, Matt Keeley, who um, actually has four interceptions on the season. Um, also, they all the defense uh, last week against Madison had three sacks. Um, I think the home field advantage uh, will be the – Big difference there in that game. We're visiting with Adam Paul. He's giving us our East County report, and uh, you can follow him at EC Preps. Uh, Patrick Henry, two and one, going out to take on El Capitan. Coach Burner looking for his first win of the year with the Vaqueros. They're zero and three right now. You know they've played some really good teams. They lost a heartbreaker to Hilltop. Um, of course, they lost last week to San Diego. Um, and then they, you know, the first, the first game against modern day Catholic, this game, I think, you know, the over under, if there, if there ever was put one, um, we came to a consensus. It's probably 70 plus points. Um, we look forward to it being a, one of those big, big 12 type matchup as, um, this game could go three hours plus, um, you know, JTL Sullivan, you know, he's coming to put a stamp on the Patrick Henry program. Uh, Matt Castillo for the uh, for the Patriots. He's thrown for almost a thousand yards in, in the three games and thirteen touchdowns. El Cap, you know, he, despite the loss, fifty three twenty nine to San Diego last week, uh, they did okay in the first half, especially Wick Hauser. Um, unfortunately, in the second half was a was a complete difference, completely different deal. Um, for El Cap, big uh, big game is going to have to be had by Kalen Lavallee. Um, who so far is actually turning out to be one of the best wideouts in the county, and he's only a junior, mind you. Um, he's a big six foot two um, wide receiver, wide out, and he can he can jump. He had a uh, big twenty five yard touchdown catch uh, last week in the second half, uh, or excuse me, in the second quarter against San Diego. He caught three touchdowns the week prior against Hilltop in that heartbreak loss. Um, the run game for El Cap's going to have to. You know, get going. Um, Taylor Grasmick and Donnie Green. Like I said, it's going to probably come down to the last possession, just like it did um, in their game against Hilltop. So, you know, you'll, you'll recall the Holiday Bowls, uh, the old Holiday Bowl games where the you know last possession usually won the game, Coach. Adam, final game, uh, Olympian uh, going out to take on Grossmont. Olympian 1-2 and two right now, Grossmont 2-0. and oh. You know, this would be an interesting game because uh, Grossmont, you know, coming off the bye, um, you know, they had won the pre their first two games by a ton of points. 
um, against Modern Day Catholic. They racked up what was then the section record for total offense, 817 yards. Uh, Jamie Odom um, had 455 passing yards and five touchdowns in that game. Uh, uh, Olympian, um, who's led by Lucas Hamilton, he threw for 105 yards and a touchdown, but had two picks against Torrey Pines um, in their 10 to seven loss. So if their defense, um, you know, led by Diego Sanchez can somehow get pressure on Jane, on Odom and, you know, put the, put more pressure on Brody Schicker and Robert Tucker, the running back for Grossmont. I think this game might be a little bit closer, but if Grossmont, you know, in front of their fans um, can get, can set the tone in the first half, you know, right away, I think Grossmont um, will put up more yardage and points. Oh, and one more um, note on that. From what I've been told, again, this is another coaching record deal. Um, if Tommy, if uh, Coach Carlo, win, if the Grossmont wins, Coach Carlo will join the 100, 100 win um, club for Grossmont. Oh, good note, uh, Adam. Thanks so much. We'll look forward to doing it again next week. But you have a great Friday night out there. Same to you, Coach. Thanks so much. There you go, Adam uh, Paul uh, with our East County Report, EC Preps. Follow him. EC Preps does a great job, works very, very hard. Let's go down to the South Bay and our man, Luke Ramirez. Luke, how you doing tonight? I'm doing well, Coach. Happy to be on again. Well, yeah, great to have you on. Hey, I want to ask you, I asked Adam a little bit because uh, there was a uh, an East County uh, school, a Valhalla, going to Hilltop tomorrow night. Uh, give me your thoughts on that ball game. Yeah, you know, I'll start with Hilltop. I got to say that uh, they're one of the hottest teams in the South Bay right now at this point, starting off 0-3, and uh, that's no disrespect to Montgomery, who's also 3-0. But Drew Westling at Hilltop, he's got his offense firing on all cylinders right now. Uh, They started pretty slow last week against San Ysidro. Quarterback had a couple interceptions, but um, they ended up scoring five times in the last four minutes and 45 seconds of the second quarter. Uh, That made it a running clock win against San Ysidro. Um, they put up 135 points this year so far, which is still tops in Division Three. Um, they're looking for another big game, and they use their pace on offense uh, to their advantage. They're averaging about 75 plays a game, uh, I believe, and Coach Wesseling told me that's really what's going to make the difference when they play tougher teams like Valhalla uh, going into next week. Um, they got a really nice core of playmakers, Javen DeAnda. He's got four touchdown passes this last week alone, and uh, he threw all those to his favorite target, Marco Aki. Um, I think Aki is one of the most overlooked receivers anywhere, honestly. He's got he's got really nice moves on the field, uh, very reliable, um, and him and, De- and DeAnda have a really good connection uh, going back to when they were freshmen. Um, their offense is bounced out by Jeremiah, Jeremiah Serrano, who's a, a reliable and explosive running back. Um, they te- haven't faced too many tough tests so far, uh, but I think uh, the defense is going to have a real tough test in Valhalla running back Keegan Baker. Um, he's helped revitalize the program. Uh, they started off 3-0 this year as well. And uh, they mostly have Baker to thank for that in his, his pretty extensive highlight reel. He's got eight touchdowns so far, and he's closing in on 500 yards already. Um, and he's just got really the ability to make tacklers miss all over the field. Uh, if you have a chance, check out the article Don Norcross wrote on Keegan Baker in the UT. came out yesterday. Um, he said Baker said he's eyeing that uh, that single-season single rushing record at 2,500 yards at Valhalla. But uh, – I think this one's going to be a shootout, but I'll have to give the advantage to Hilltop being the home team. Luke Ramirez uh, giving us our uh, South Bay report this week. Sweetwater 1-2 and two, uh, coming out to the East County to take on Santana, who's 3-0. and oh. Yeah, Brian Wagner and Sweetwater, they've had a kind of a tough deal uh, to start this season. They've had some poor uh, turf field conditions 
um, at home, but they're not going to have time for excuses when they play Santana. Um, the Red Devils have a nice, uh, a couple of nice juniors to keep an eye on offensively and quarterback Isaiah Atade and uh, running back Mario Villa, who had a nice game a couple weeks ago against Fallbrook. They took a step back last week. Um, they lose to Benita Vista, but they'll be up against a much better team in Santana tomorrow. Um, the Soldans have been smashing uh, some weaker teams on their schedule, and I think they'll be in good shape to continue that trend tomorrow. Hey, Luke, uh, San Ysidro uh, going on the road, uh, coming to the city to take on Crawford. San Ysidro looking for their first win of the year. They're sitting at 0-3 right now. Crawford at 1-2. and What do you like in this game? Yeah, I think Crawford's going to have the edge. Uh, they beat Maranatha Christian 40-0 to a couple weeks ago, so they have that big game potential. And it's been kind of a rough go, a rough go for Coach Aguan over at San Ysidro. They haven't won since 2017. Um, they've had some they've had some uh, struggle with uh, keeping participation consistent. But, you know, I talked to him last week, and he's as optimistic as anyone could be in that situation. Um, I think that they're going to get that first one eventually. They held in pretty tough against Hilltop. Like I mentioned earlier, it was a close, it was a one score ball game in that first quarter, but they kind of unraveled in that, in the second quarter with four turnovers that helped uh, Hilltop kind of run the score up there. Um, I think San Ysidro will have their best chance to win a game since 2017 tomorrow, but ultimately it's going to be Crawford with the edge, I believe. And finally, uh, number two, uh, St. Augustine, a perfect 3-0, and really playing great football right now, going down to the South Bay to take on Otay Ranch. Uh, Otay Ranch coming in at 2-1. and That game's at 7 o'clock tomorrow night. Yeah, I mean, 12 points over their first three games allowed for St. Augustine. That's that's pretty legit defense, um, as legit as anybody in the section They've got 13 sacks and six interceptions uh, over those three games, and they've already blown out two other South Bay teams in Benita Vista and Eastlake. Um, they got that quarterback, Angelo Peraza. He's a really good baseball player committed to USD, but he's also pretty special at quarterback running that offense. Um, and then rounding that out as well is Byron Caldwell, who's rushed for over 300 yards already. And they're going to look to rack up stats because of how little their defense is on the field. They forced a lot of three and outs. A lot of turnovers, um, so it's going to be tough for Otay Ranch. They're coming off a nice win against Point Loma last week. They're averaging close to 300 yards per game, um, and quarterback Paco Puentes has been really nice this season so far. And Lance Christensen, he's, he keeps talking about the depth that he has uh, of his offense. Not so many standout players, but they have a lot of reliable options to get the football to. Um, I think it's going to be St. Augustine next. Keep rolling, though, in week four. Hey, Luke, great job, buddy. You Have a great uh, Friday night, and we'll look forward to doing this again next Thursday. Absolutely, Coach. Thank you very much. There you go. Uh, Luke Ramirez uh, with our uh, South Bay report. I'd like to thank Drew Cowell, uh, Adam Paul, and, of course, Luke Ramirez. A great job uh, going out there and getting some great information to pass it along to all of our great high school football fans in our listening audience. We're going to step aside. When we come back, we're going to take a look uh, at the top ten. Braden's going to join me, and uh, we'll uh, try to break down some other games as well. We're going to the top of the hour, the high school football show. Brought to you by the Eric Parady Save a Life Foundation each and every Thursday, 9 to 11, right here on 97.3 The Fan. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We've got you covered on the High School Football Show on 97.3 The Fan.
And welcome back, Coach John Cotero. I bring in my man, Braden Soprano. Braden, tomorrow night, 7 o'clock, radio.com app. You and I call him the Cathedral Catholic Helix game. Everybody in San Diego is talking about this game. This game's exciting. It's been exciting uh, for the last 13 times they've played. Uh, they first started playing back in 2009, my freshman year of high school. The Dons won that game since then. Uh, Helix currently leads the series seven games to six games. Pretty back and forth, a uh, little rivalry. Uh, talking with Coach Doyle over the summer, talking with Coach Robbie Owens. This is a game that these two coaches are going to schedule uh, until the day they either die or the day they are no longer at Helix. Felix or Cathedral, uh, they love playing this game, uh, and I'm excited for it. There, there is uh, when Coach Owen said there's a respect level for both teams. There is a serious respect level for both teams because Cathedral knows if they want to win an open championship, they got to go through Helix, and Helix knows if they want to win an open championship, they got to go through Cathedral. That's how both staffs view it, and um, it's always it's always a, a great handshake, win or lose for either team after um, after the game because you know both both teams respect each other that much, and it's a good rivalry. You never see any fights in this game either. It's always a mutual respect and a, and a good football game. Now looking forward to calling it tomorrow night. You and I will have the call on Radio.com starting at seven o'clock. Let's take a look at the uh, top ten Oceanside with their big win last week. That we called on radio.com. Uh, they uh, over San Marcos. They're two and one. They're idle, but they move into the top ten this week. I actually voted for them in the top ten. I voted them right at ten. I really like Kavika Tua. Uh, we watched him play at running back. His breakaway speed, man, what was uh, unbelievable. Uh, he's a good athlete. I like the way they're running the ball. I like the way they're playing football games. And you know what? I don't know if Oceanside has their mojo back quite yet, but they're definitely on the upward trend uh, into getting that back. All right, uh, number nine Grossmont, two and zero, oh, coming off a bye. They will uh, take on Olympia tomorrow night, and that will be a home game, and as Adam Paul mentioned, Grossmont wins that game. Tom Carlo gets to the century mark as a head high school football coach. I think they are going to win that game. Don't be surprised if Olympian can, uh, you know, kind of punch him in the face a little bit and get ready to go. You know, they did it with Torrey Pines last week. Uh, it's a nice little young bunch down there at Olympian. Number eight, Torrey Pines, uh, two and one, uh, going over to take on the Sample Squall Golden Eagles off to a three and zero start. And these two teams have played a lot of. A lot of games over the years. Absolutely, and uh, I think Torrey Pines will uh, get the win again tomorrow uh, against San Pasqual. Torrey Pines kind of struggling, you know, not at, to the same form that they were last year. We know about the guys that they had to replace, but I think they uh, they win a game tomorrow night against San Pasqual. Number seven, Mission Hills 2-1. and one. Uh, They're going to actually play someone uh, from San Diego tomorrow night. They're going to go over to Carlsbad, take on number five Carlsbad, who's 2-1, and one. and this is the Avocado League opener for both squads. Yeah, and uh, Carlsbad's you know playing a team from San Diego for the first time, same as Mission Hills. I'm going to tell you right now, this is the Avocado League championship game right here. Before any of the games start, I think this is the one that determines who's going to win the Avocado League. I know it's uh, hard to say with the first, uh, you know, second overall game in the Avocado League, but I think whoever wins this game will run through their league play. You got Steel Canyon checking at number six this week. Uh, they're two and zero. They're going down to take on Benita Vista at Southwestern College. Steel Canyon should be able to handle Benita Vista pretty handedly. i like to see uh, where they end up uh, later on in the season, potentially uh, trying to battle Helix and Granite Hills for another uh, Grossmont Hills championship. Hopefully not a tri-league championship again. And we mentioned uh, number five, uh, Carlsbad playing host to Mission Hills. Uh, number four, Lincoln, 3-0. and 
They're going up to take on the San Clemente Tritons, who are 3-0, and and if they uh, qualified to play in the Avocado League, they'd be in first place right now because they've beaten uh, uh, Torrey Pines, they've beaten Oceanside, and last week they eked out a 13-12 to victory over La Costa Canyon. This is a huge tester, I think, for Lincoln. And this is this will gauge whether or not uh, we know uh, where Lincoln's at in terms of you know they are as a team. I'm going to tell you right now, if Lincoln wins that game, all of a sudden it's like, what, 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 where's the conversation going when it turns to uh, Avocado League versus Western League matchups. That's a very good point. Number three, Helix. We'll have that game for you tomorrow night against Cathedral Catholic. They're, uh, again, uh, checked in at number three. Uh, St. Augustine at uh, number two this week. They're down at Otay Ranch. Uh, St. Augustine 3-0. and And, of course, Cathedral Catholic uh, number one in San Diego. Number uh, three in the state of California. Number eight in the country this week. Uh, taking on the third-ranked team in San Diego, the Helix Highlanders, tomorrow night. Let's uh, jump over to some other big games. Uh, San Diego High, 2-0, and going up to uh, North County to take on the Orangeland Patriots, or 1-1. One and one. State championship caliber teams from a year ago. I like the running backs in this one. I like Mo Jackson. He's very athletic for San Diego High. I also like Kale Patterson for Orange Glen. That being said, I think uh, that San Diego High will win comfortably over Orange Glen. Okay, how about Scripps Ranch? We just had uh, their head coach and two of their star players, and they're 3-0. and They're going down the street to take on Mira Mesa. Off to a tough start right now, 1-2. and We're going to see who's going to be partying at Chick-fil-A after the game, or maybe <laughs> Fuddruckers over there on Mira Mesa Boulevard. I think this is the, this is a good opportunity for Scripps to get Mira Mesa back. Uh, Mira Mesa has won a handful of these games. In fact, they've been very successful over, over the last couple of years or so against Scripps Ranch. Mira Mesa, without their stud middle linebacker, he's serving a suspension. He did not get uh, uh, overruled on the appeal, so he'll be sitting out uh, this week's game against Scripps Ranch. That's a very uh, difficult, or very poor blow for, um, for Mira Mesa. It's a tough blow for Mira Mesa. They're already going to be battling uphill. I think Scripps Ranch gets them uh, tomorrow night. All right, Point Loma 1-2, and two, going to North County to take on Rancho Bernardo, who also is 1-2 and two right now. Don't know a lot about Rancho Bernardo this year. Don't know too much about Point Loma either. I think it's a very intriguing matchup because I think they're both evenly matched. We talk about the Western League. It, we kind of forget about Point Loma. Point Loma's a good football team. Uh, they're maybe not at the caliber at Saints Cathedral, maybe even Lincoln or Madison, but they're in that Western League for a reason. They're a good football team. They're going to win some games. I think they go up and beat the Rancho Bernardo Broncos, who are just coming off a win from last a week ago. You got Lacoste Canyon 1-2 and two, uh, going up to uh, Herb Meyer Stadium on the campus of El Camino to take on the Wildcats. The Wildcats right now, after a 1-9 and nine season a year ago, right now they're 1-1. One and one. Lacosta can't think about it this way. I know comparing scores is not the best way to determine how good a team is, but Lacosta Canyon played San Clemente the closest out of any Avocado League team that has played so far. If you think about their win over Vista, I think Vista is a very good football team. They beat them in overtime, and then of course they play Cathedral Catholic. So you don't really know a huge gauge on Lacosta Canyon uh, based on the San Clemente score. I have a feeling that Lacosta Canyon might be running for an Avocado League title potentially. You know, starting tomorrow night. Well, the biggest problem. Costa's had the last few years. They get off to this great start, and then about game uh, seven or eight, they start losing players, and you know they're not even the same team at the end of the year that they were at the beginning of the year because they lose some of their key guys. Ozzie Nicholas should be coming back though for uh, the game tomorrow they against El Camino. Uh, and think about it this way: uh, I don't know exactly if he played or did not. Uh, I think according to the reports, it sounded like he was not going to play last week against San Clemente. They lose thirteen to twelve. So you have your best player not on the field, and you only lose thirteen to twelve to a team that handled Torrey Pines and handled Oceanside. I'm liking my 
chances for the Avocado League. Now, it's whether or not they can stay healthy. The last like five or six years, their stud players have been hurt for the last three or four games of the season. Drastically changes La Casa Canyon in a nutshell, um, you know, from week one all the way to week 10. Can they make it through the season? We'll find out, but I... Based on how they played San Clemente last week, you got to be thinking, you know, this team might be able to compete for an Avocado League championship. I know I said that, you know, a couple seconds ago, but, you know, I, I'm I'm intrigued by Lacoste Canyon all of a sudden, especially since uh, Torrey Pines and Oceanside didn't do as well against San Clemente the first two weeks of the season. You know, I'm real anxious to see Helix tomorrow night because I, I was a little surprised that Harriman out of Utah beat him in overtime. I was too. Uh, it'll, it'll be a, a real good test, I think, for Helix. I think it'll be a good test uh uh, for Cathedral Catholic because they're coming off of two just gigantic wins, and you gotta. I know this is a big game, but you know you tell kids, hey, it's big, it's big. We've had a great week of practice, but you know th- there has to be almost a little bit of a letdown. I mean, they've had two gigantic victories over nationally ranked teams, and now the bullseye is really on Cathedral's back. Four out of the last five games Cathedral has played, dating back to last year, have come down to the final play. Amazing. Think about that. And they went they went three and one in those games. The final play, and they're going against Helix again. Uh, we'll see if they're able to keep it up. I think that tested and battle tested for how being able to handle adversity. We saw it against Torrey Pines last year in the, in the CIF championship game. They go down fourteen nothing. They are able to rally back. Uh, I, you know Helix is going to have some tricks up their sleeve. They're going to be ready to go. It's going to be whether or not they can stop Elian Noah. I know they played top teams in the nation, but Elian Noah is a back that's going to be tough to bring down for anybody, especially at Helix. And uh, we'll have the call for you tomorrow night on our Radio.com app. Uh, Braden Soprenant, Coach John Cotero, we'll look forward to bringing you that ball game tomorrow night at uh, 7 o'clock. I hope you enjoyed the program. And again, you can uh, catch us next Thursday night. Hopefully we'll get on a little bit earlier. Uh, long game tonight, but uh, we'll look forward to visiting with you next Thursday night, 9 to 11, the high school football show on 97.3 The Fan. Bye-bye. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.